Oh, no, see, now you made it scummy. Okay, hello and welcome to Injury Time. My name is Jordan Robinson. I'm Darren Matthews. And hey, we've had one successful podcast under the belt. We've done 19, but... (laughs) No, uh, yes, we were able to get uh, last week's episode out without any real issues, maybe a little bit late, but apart from that. Uh, so we're back at it again, back on our bullshit, uh, giving you some some hot... Oh, I'm trying to say this without sounding like real, like, I don't know, scummy. Hot sporting news? Hot sporting action. Oh, uh, no, see, now you made it scummy. You were doing... Like, I was just like, I hot sporting news, bye. And you're like... <laughs> No, when you do the breathy, <laughs> sultry voice, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's like somebody hiding in the bushes. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, shall we get into it? Yes, please, sir. Um, one of the things I wanted to say as well, before we start doing our, our intro as well, is when you were like, sorry, that was out a wee bit late. When was the last time we put out one on time? <laughs> this week. <laughs> this fucking week. This week. <laughs> Up in an hour and a half. I swear to God. Someone yeah. will be killed if it doesn't happen. Uh, so, uh, juicy, uh, like, I don't know about you, man, but I have spent the whole entire weekend watching sport and I have loved every second of it. Yes. I watched a lot of rugby yesterday, a bit of football, a lot of football today, even though I was in work, but shh. They say um, nothing. Keep it local. Say nothing until you know more. Exactly. Yeah. Um, absolutely phenomenal weekend of sport, especially the Six Nations, which was exactly. Which we we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, yes your talking points Uh, sorry you always have the great no 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 it's not good um so first talking point i was going to talk about is uh celtic not giving rangers a guard of honor uh in the spl game uh on sunday so technically today yeah yeah they didn't get a guard of honor and um, your your thoughts as someone who actually follows scottish football because i do not right so it's really don't make me say it <laughs> okay so. okay I'll, I'll say it because i'm technically speaking the um the neutral party here mm. i thought it was a bit shit yeah scummy move complete like how not salt. scummy move it wasn't a scummy move it was a. am guessing whoever's decision that was must have been somebody from here because they're just being a better bastard yeah. because the official uh thing was given was oh we decided the players decided we weren't going to do it and they didn't do it for us two years ago and i was like oh fuck me we're into demons and nonsense yeah and fuck exactly. off so that that annoyed me a wee bit. Why not just, why not take the moral high ground, have a touch of class, exactly. Clap them onto the field and then try and beat them three 0 which they didn't do either. But that exactly, yeah. Um, it was it was. I I I actually have a theory about this whole thing that uh, Shane Duffy actually said. You see, if you guys give Rangers a guard of honor at Celtic Park, uh, I am staying for another season. And they're like, okay, we won't do it. You know. <laughs> We don't want that shit on us. Like, um, yeah, no, there. Um, I mean, like, it didn't happen. Should have happened. I mean, like, if I was a Rangers fan, I would be like, yeah, that's fucking. It's, it's not. It's you can be classy uh, and you can, you know, good sportsmanship and stuff like that. That's all good. And I know that it's the most heated rivalry in football um, because of the whole religious element into it as well, but. Yeah, it, it just seems to like kind of perpetuate the us and them mentality. And you know what's funny? I have probably said that every single year since I could talk being from Northern Ireland, <laughs> which is yeah. 
equally sad and funny. Yeah, it's um no, I thought it was bad crack. I thought there was such an opportunity for a bit of I was gonna say a bit of point scoring because obviously they needed the fucking points because <laughs> they lost the league so bad. Um no, I thought it was there would have been the opportunity for a touch of class and to take the moral high ground and then they could they could do that if they wanted to point score, they could have done that and then said, See that we're classer than you because you didn't do that for us two years ago when exactly. we were champions at, I- at Ibrox. So it, do you know what? It always annoys me and mystifies me. There's a lot, like I love football, but there's a lot of stuff that in football that fucks me off coming from a GAA background mm. and, and playing rugby when I was younger as well, where you will applaud a team off the field if they've beaten you by 100 points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck it. it. The game's done. Shake hands and you walk off. Um, and then even stuff like, I remember taking one of my neighbours who'd never been to a Gaelic match. We talked them to a match before mm-hmm. and they thought we were in like the wrong section because we were sitting with the other fans. And I was like, yeah, you all sit together what is this foreign concept exactly <laughs> well, it's not a foreign concept it's the national game but anyway <laughs> hey, there you go. yeah so that, there's a few <laughs> things that annoy me and that, that kind of thing the the politics and sport thing is is a major bugbear of mine as somebody who i, I fucking love sport it's yeah. the it's the most pure thing in the world where it's athletic competition if you work hard you will win and there's so much other stuff the the money game the 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 politics the you know the religious aspect in a football game it's very mm-hmm. annoying yeah so that kind of melts me a wee bit and um one of my neighbors in Belfast has now put up basically a fucking shrine to Stephen Gerrard around the corner from the house I was oh, walking the dogs earlier and I was like what the fuck is big Liverpool on? fan was he yeah yeah big Liverpool <laughs> fan now, I, do you know what it's the it's obviously when you talk about a bitter rivalry I think it's bitterness in the worst possible way like there's a there's a flag up and it's a Rangers flag and it doesn't say you know, like, congratulations, Champions Rangers. It's pretty yeah. much, the flag actually says, we stopped 10 in a row. And I'm like, that's not your, that's not your achievement. That's another team's failing. Yeah. Well, so you that's know, shite. Yeah. Hey, take it if a tro- as a trophy if they want, like, you know, to add to their one other trophy that they've won. I'm just, I, I'm better. I'm just going to be saying it the rest. So the rest of this season, I'll just be saying it. And then sure, 55 next season, whatever. Uh, Did you see the guy who got up in the cherry picker and changed this, the cup outside Ibrox? How the fuck did he get away with that? I have no idea, but whoever that man is deserves a fucking medal. Like, Okay, a bit of a backstory, folks. Some, basically a Celtic fan in Glasgow got a, a green cherry picker of all colours and went to Ibrox, got up high and basically covered over where it said 55 and replaced it, repainted it with a big one of their list of achievements. Excellent. And it was brilliant because he put up a video being like, that's that done. And then somebody put up on Facebook, a Rangers fan, I was wondering why there was a green cherry picker outside Ibrox last night at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. We should have known. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was um, that was uh, sectarianism, but in a funny way. <laughs> uh, w- a little bit of a tidbit of information that uh, kind of goes along the same line. Um, but in the construction of the new Yankee Stadium in New York for the New York Yankees um, to play baseball in, uh, yeah, the uh, Boston Red Sox, uh, there was a construction worker who was an avid Boston Red Sox fan, uh, put a Red Sox jersey uh, in, in the foundations. In, in the foundations, and it has now been removed. Yeah. But how, did they know, how did they know where it was? How did they I, find it again? I think it was just, uh, yeah, come on, tell us, so we're going to take you to court or something like that. But, like, hey, you see, if you want a ringing endorsement, you will never be short of work if you're a contractor that does that and if you live in Boston and you will never pay for a drink. You will never 
ever have to wait for a taxi after a game, you will be yeah. carried home like the champion you are. Yeah, that was that was a pretty a pretty random one. I think they were sort of trying to put a curse on them or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, trying to trying to reverse the curse of the uh, Bambino. Uh, oh, but man. yeah, so moving on, Steve Bruce, the old chucklehead himself. Yep, one of Manchester um, United's greatest ever players. Yeah, uh, yeah, and probably one of the worst managers that um, Newcastle have had in recent memory, at least. Um, yep. So Steve Bruce has been supported uh, by Mike Ashley, the team's owner, uh, despite uh, their abysmal uh, record as of late. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't look uh, all rosy down Newcastle way, up Newcastle way. Up Newcastle way. And the worst bit being as well, like the drop, the, the points drop this weekend was to one of the teams that is right down there with them. Brighton Hove Albion, who never yeah. win at home. Yeah, we Which, can't win at home. Brighton Hull Valium. Yeah, yep. put three passing luck. Uh, I mean, sure, like, there is no way he is any form of job security, even come the end of the season. No, I would imagine where it has to be um, that he might get the road or they have another manager. But it depends if they go down or not. If they go, if they go down, they have to sack him, don't they? And oh, if, yeah. wanna, if they can manage to stay up. Not be hailed as a hero, but he'll be kept maybe, or they'll be looking for somebody at the minute. Here's the thing: who the fuck wants to go manage Newcastle? Well, Mike Ashley owns the place. It's yeah, a well-renowned, yeah, like Poison the best. Dallas. I would, I would throw it out there that some of the best, most passionate fans in the Premier League, if not the world, Newcastle. Like yeah. they were, they were selling that baby out when they were in the first division. Do you know what I mean? St James's Park is massive. Was voted the best atmosphere in the Premier League as well. Very passionate fans. You know, there's. There's not heaps to do in Newcastle apart from get steam and go and go to St James's Park. Yeah, or look so, at the um, yeah, who, like, not but even who that wants big. who wants the job? Are the Angel of the North? What a scam! Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it's it's kind of one of those weird things uh, going like, yeah, if Steve Bruce does go, who's going to be the interim manager um, if they do it before the end of the season, and then who's going to be made the permanent one? Uh, I'll I'll probably tell you who it won't be. Uh, it won't be Rafa Benitez, but he is looking to return to uh, Premiership management. What's the crack with that? Where is it, he must still have a house somewhere, does he? He's just like, oh, I don't know. Forgot I, to sell the house. Like, can you get he, me anywhere nearby? Yeah, pro- probably. Like, um, I could see him taking over Palace. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that right. could be. Do you know what? There's certain teams that I maybe underperform, but like I hold them absolutely no malice. There's sometimes I enjoy watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I hold like no malice for teams like Newcastle. I think they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really arsed if Brighton are ever in the league again. Yeah. Um, who else? Palace, I, I kind of romantically like because they've just always been there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Do you know what? Well, I, I need to check. I, I have, they've probably been relegated and come yeah, back. Yeah, they have. I don't know, but. I, in my memory, from I was a little boy, Palace have always been in the main, the main <laughs> competition. Like so, yeah. No, no. Hey, they're like you know a decent enough side. Uh, they have great aspects, like uh, for example, you know, just Wilfred Zaha being <laughs> the main one. Uh, but then they've also they've got a couple of good uh, youth players in the squad uh, this season. I can't. I'm blanking on their names. But then they also have you know uh, old veterans of the game like. Uh, Christian Benteke, uh, Jordan Ayew, uh, not so much a veteran, but still played for a lot of different clubs, scored a lot of different goals. Uh, Michi Batshuayi. 
Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, as yeah, well. he's he's on loan there from Chelsea at the minute. Um, bit of a, I think bit that of would journeyman. be a great. Yeah, I reckon that would be a great permanent move because there's no way he's getting in anywhere in the Chelsea setup. Yeah. Um. One of the ones I wanted to mention as well it was just in a bit of sporting news, and I'm going to get the young lady's name. Um. But uh, well, something that we don't normally do as well. But there was a a young competitor, uh, Julia Stolarenko. She she's a UFC fighter and she fainted at the weigh-in. Shit. Yeah, and obviously she's a UFC women's bantamweight. Basically, one of the hardest things about obviously being a professional fighter is the cutting of the weight. Now we don't yeah. do UFC and boxing much this, but I thought this was a very important thing to do because mm. it just kind of shows the fucking dangers of what these people have to do. Now, obviously, once you make weight, you've got a day or two, so you go and eat and drink fucking everything to go. Yeah, but a lot of these people lose a lot of weight and they like dehydrate themselves very badly. And it's really bad for your health. Yeah. And a fighter finally like stood on the scales for the weigh-in and fell backwards, fainting. Uh, so the fight had to be called off for health concerns. But yeah, absolute madness where um the young lady fell back. So hopefully she's okay. But I thought it was something to mention in the old sporting news because it's a very popular sport. Yeah. And if we knew more about it, we'd talk about it, folks. I'm really sorry. We're very exactly we're very ball oriented. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> If we get somebody uh, on somebody on who knows about it, we'll, yeah, we'll do that. But exactly. Yeah, I thought it was just something to mention in the sporting news, and uh, hopefully she's all right because obviously yeah. the, the fight got cancelled. Yeah, well, I know. I'm um, just imagine going in there. You're already like really kind of lightheaded and faint, and you're just going like, right, <laughs> this is kill or be killed. You know. Yeah. All Pretty my much like me if I get in a fight when I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all my anxiety attacks have just been like leading toward this. Do I run or do I fight? Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it was like uh, when you were mentioning there with the um, like cutting of the weight and stuff like that. And a couple of days after the weigh in um, to the fight where you can just eat what you want. Nothing has interested me more in a sport than that. Like oh, if then, I could... uh, you've made weight go yeah. nuts, kid. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll just like tag out for the actual fight. Just get like a body <laughs> double, like a, a kind of like a, probably 2008 Jonah Hill. And yeah. he'll take a beating. I don't mind getting the loss. Like, I really don't mind. You know, yeah. just get a no, couple of paychecks. You're happy fancy. days. Like, happy days. Um, so, yeah, just to finish up on the um, intro, uh, the basketball news. Um, LeBron James is out indefinitely after a high ankle strain. Oh, my. So, mm. Lakers very much on the back foot. Well, yeah. that was that was a bad choice. Uh, that was completely unintentional, but now I realise that, and he's <laughs> fucked his ankle. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a one-man team and a one-man machine, isn't he? So it's true. It's a massive deal. And their other marquee player, Anthony Davis, is also out. So, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, having, what, say, like, uh, Messi and then uh, Anton Griezmann out at the same time. Like, uh, yeah, it's not good. Um, so the it happened in the Lakers' loss last night against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, which, you know, obviously isn't advantageous. It's what, like two, three months until uh, the uh, season ends and the playoffs begin. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of affects things for uh, LA at the minute because, like, obviously having such a marquee player, uh, number one, his performance is always t- 10 out of 10. That's just said, you know, call spades fade. But then yeah. also it's the effect of having a great player on your team and even when he's not doing stuff, he's attracting attention from the defense. It's like, you know, if you, if Messi's in your team, like people are going to be aware that they're playing against Messi. 
So there's going to be that psychological effect too. And they'll maybe think about overcompensating with coverage and stuff like that. So uh, it's one of those things where like it's, it, there's just multiple different layers to why it's good that he's playing number one, playing good and number two, playing it all. So yeah, right. it kind of, kind of looks a bit fucked for the old, uh, the old Lakers, but I don't care because I don't like them. That's fine. Do you have, yeah. do you have a team you actually follow or do you have a, um, an NBA team? Uh, Have you, really would you like, nail your colors to the mast? Oh, this is difficult. Um, um, obviously, I like the Bulls. You know, the, the whole Jordan thing. Atlanta Hawks. You know, Trey Young is uh, a player I I quite like. I really like James Harden in the Rockets. Uh, obviously, Steph. Fuck, man, I'm just going through everything. So no, Jordan. No is the answer. You can't <laughs> no, yes, I, I could have okay. just answered no. Um, <laughs> Obviously, like in Toronto, because they're the only Canadian team, really like the Seattle when they had a team. Yeah. So, but yeah, I remember growing up, I had like a, a Jeff Sprewell New York Knicks jersey, and I wore that until it was threadbare, man. <laughs> it was like, oh, it done me a while too. Um, <laughs> it's probably because I got it like sized, like double XL adult size, and I, I was like wearing it from like the age of fucking. I don't know, like six onwards, and like it was a dress on me. Like, um, fantastic. I don't know where that is now. I feel sad. Um, so, should we get into this week in sport? Yes, please. Perfect. Uh, this week in sport. 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 This week in sport. Um, so, yeah, we will start on what was it? Starting on Monday. uh, No, uh, so just quickly before we start on Monday, um, obviously we were uh, going to do a mini episode this week where uh, we have an Arsenal fan and a Tottenham fan on, uh, and then us, uh, West West Ham being represented by my good self and Manchester United being represented by uh, Mr. Matthews there. Uh, uh, So we were supposed to, it was supposed to be a thing that we're going to try and do, but... uh, Unfortunately, the stars in the line. We couldn't get it done. Um, so, uh, do you want to cover those two games real quickly? Probably the two best games of the. Well, definitely not the the West Ham one, just because. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even a good game. I know we lost and stuff like that, but like you know, one one nil wins. Like they they annoy me. I'm just like, oh, there's so much. There was so much potential for error there. Yeah, there wasn't um, the United West Ham again. Like you and I watched the FA Cup and it was shit. And then we watched this one and it wasn't, not that it wasn't much better. It was definitely a better game. But as you said, there seemed to be a lot of wasted opportunities. I felt like there should have been a more representative scoreline who the actual effort made. But yeah, it wasn't the B. That was was Sunday night and I won. Look, as you know, I found every point on the go right at the minute, but it was West Ham's other opportunity to get top four it's just it's so close you can touch it yeah it's like literally it's just moving away from us at the minute um uh but yeah i would, I would have to say uh number one uh north london derby uh it's a game where you're looking at uh you're, you're thinking right tottenham have been the you know dominant force in north london for the past what like four or five seasons now um both clubs have had slippery slopes this season but you were always gonna give it to Tottenham just with the amount of star power that they have I know Sun's out uh though Sun got injured early on during the game but like going into that game like they had essentially a full squad 
uh, and you were just like, this is fantastic if you're a Spurs fan, because this is this is a momentum changer. This is like, okay, sweet. Now we've got the bit between our teeth now that we've got, you know, dispatched Arsenal. And you're thinking, okay, this is us for the rest of the season. Um, but didn't end up that way. So it definitely didn't. It yeah. was um Yeah, I like I only I only watched highlights. It didn't seem like there was it didn't seem like it was the classic that we hoped for, but I feel like we are we have a bad habit on this podcast of there's games that we get excited by literally just by looking at the team sheets and looking about the fixture. And then some of them have been absolute fucking dead ducks of you know, there's been they've been shite. Yeah, no, look, we're all we're only human and we can only assume what we assume. So uh like it to be fair, the so a human son got injured um in the 19th minute uh, and Eric Lamella got brought on. Uh, just a quick side note, um, I saw the reaction from Arsenal Fan TV when Heunman's son uh, got uh, injured and had to be taken off. Uh, and if you're reacting like that uh, for another human being, get hurt, literally go fuck yourself. They oh, were it's lit- literally cheering when he got uh, nah, off the pitch. crack. I'm like, oh, that's I'm... bullshit because even when there's a match on when the fans can be in the stadium if an opposition player is taken off everyone applauds as he's removed yeah. from the field that's bollocks if you're allowed to fucking be yeah. that yeah that's fuck keyboard him. warrior bullshit that one where yeah. you're like hey he's injured hate fuck it. him yeah hate it um, but then Arsenal uh, uh, the uh, the lonely Odegaard from Real Madrid uh, ties things up just before half time and uh, Lacazette gets a penalty in the 64th minute puts it to bed 2-1 uh, and then obviously Lamella yeah. getting the red card is kind of like the cherry on top for the Gunners. Like, but uh, all in all, well, that, um, it was two yellows, wasn't it? Yeah, two yellows. Um, but all yeah. in all, you're just looking like, okay, yeah. So Lamella has had the most interesting day, you know, coming on early enough in the first half um, to replace on scoring one of the best uh, nutmeg ro- rabonas I have ever seen in my life. I don't that actually think tough. I've ever seen one before, but. It was no. uh, pretty special. Uh, and then ends up getting sent off in the second half. It's just like, you can't fucking write that shit, can you? Yeah, it was it was pure kind of trick shot material. But yeah, it was a ridiculous result. Like, But no, 2-1, Arsenal keeping the chase and Tottenham continue to slide. So, so weird. When like, I mean, not, not long after we started this podcast, we were talking about our, about Spurs being top of the league around Christmas time. Just, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. What the fuck was going on there? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, it was... Uh, it, probably one of the worst things uh, that we've gone about. But uh, moving on to Monday, uh, there was a game. Wolves uh, were at home at Molyneux against Liverpool. Liverpool end up winning 1-0. Uh, at Diego Jota just scored before halftime in the 45th minute. Like So, yeah, looked pretty. Oh, was this the... Yeah, Rua Patricio got uh, scratched off. So there was like 10 minutes of injury time or something like that hey injury time uh, <laughs> uh i think every time they uh pundits say injury time we should get like a cut what do you reckon i think so if we think we'll petition we can't petition this one well i don't know if you can trademark just normal words because <laughs> if you can i am trademarking the word the yeah fair enough here look metallica once tried to to trademark the e-cord which is very funny <laughs> It's the start of all their songs for the heavy bit. That's a true story. Okay, now I don't feel so bad about Napster yeah. now. <laughs> also, one of the things as well, um, you, just because you mentioned uh, Jada scoring, um, if you want a good laugh, 
Jota is the second player to score for and against Wolves in the Premier League this season after Stephen Hunt. So two basically two people going back to Molyneux after having played there and scoring. That's crazy. Yeah. That, 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 who, did you know that or did you hear that? No, no, I, I read that when I was reading up on the match results and stuff. Oh, so that's my... How, how do people know this? <laughs> do you know what? Oh. That's definitely, it's definitely somebody's job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, hey, I would kind of like it if it was my job, but... Um, sure as well. Uh, so, yeah, moving on to Tuesday, uh, we've got the Champions League playoffs. Um, so, it was the second leg of these matches. Uh, Manchester City were at home against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. City, another 2-0 two, uh, win. Yeah, they love scoring, just for the crack. Like, they were 2-0 yeah. up, and then it was both... both. I mean, what, the, the game was put to bed after 20 minutes? Yeah, so. yeah literally, uh, De Bruyne scored in the 12th minute. Uh, Gundogan again, who's on ridiculous form, um, scored in the 18th, and yeah, see you later. You know, four 0 on aggregate, two away goals. Yeah, you're laughing like. And then look at that. I mean, there's look at the assists came from Mares and Fodum. I mean, there's two players who could have scored them if it was flipped as well. They're exactly. So much firepower, it's disgusting. I but, think that's yeah. why Manchester City are obviously now the favourites to win the league, but then also yeah. just in general to maybe do something. Um, you know, they could do the quadruple this year. Um, they got past the semi final today, uh, or was it yesterday? I can't remember. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to those games later on. Um, Real Madrid were playing uh, the lost city of Atlanta. Um, <laughs> uh, that was still one of my favorite jokes from like one of our first episodes. It's like, yeah, <laughs> how and if this has shown us anything. It's that we need new jokes. <laughs> exactly right. You get writing. Um, so yeah, um, Real Madrid ended up winning 3-1, uh, 4-1 in aggregate after the 1-0 lead from um, the uh, Atlanta home game. So uh, Benzema, uh, Ramos and Asensio all scoring and then uh, uh, Muriel scoring for Atlanta. Look, yeah. obviously, you know, being uh, uh, Franco's team and stuff like that, uh, we... Uh, there, there's just a couple of uh, clubs here at injury time that we don't like to see do well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. The, I mean, they're they're they continue on, but it's um, I don't know. They just don't seem like the team they once were, and I feel like as the years go by and those some of those amazing players kind of retire or move on, I think maybe stuff like the Premier League just seems stronger. Maybe because we watch more of it, but yeah, Real Madrid Fair. of the modern era and Barcelona even just don't seem as big a deal i think man city at this point could beat anybody in the world yeah 100 percent. um moving on to wednesday's champions league games now uh it was at the Allianz arena uh Bayern munich uh were playing mussolini's team uh mm-hmm. they ended up winning comfortably 2-1 on the night to make it 6-2 in aggregate uh yeah no great great result um for the germans you know Lewandowski and chupa moting uh the only player to score in that game who has played for Stoke. <laughs> I love saying that. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, yeah. that's a great fact. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Rob Landowski got a penalty, 33rd minute, uh, Chupa Moting, 73rd, uh, and then, uh, uh, oh, I almost said it there, uh, Mussolini's team got a consolation goal on the 82nd minute, and yeah, that's that's all the Italian teams out now. So at Atlanta, yeah. Juventus, uh, Mussolini's team, you know, crazy, crazy amount of Italians. It's 
it exit it exit Ital exit i'll get there oh uh, is, it, is this there is this there anything they're gonna brexit it as well <laughs> yeah yeah um so chelsea uh were two nil winners uh so three nil on aggregate uh against Atletico Madrid and this was definitely the better of the two performances I think even though the final goal came in the 94th minute from Emerson um, but Hakan Siesh scoring in the first half great goal um, on sportsman like conduct uh, for your man Savage gets sent off in the 82nd minute straight red card so I didn't get seeing it but it must have been bad um, yet Chelsea progress and you know, going from strength to strength, having the ghost of Christmas past as their manager. We really do need new jokes, don't we? <laughs> I know. Christmas was three months ago, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, so, yes, that was uh, all the games on Wednesday night, but Thursday night. Now, uh, there was a good couple of games where I'm just like, I'm so happy this happened. <laughs> um, so but, our... Thursday night was Footballerama. Oh, loads of games. Loved it. Um so Arsenal Olympiacos, Olympiacos winning uh, 1-0 on the night at the Emirates, but Arsenal progressing uh, just because of uh, last their result last time was 3-1, I think. Um, uh, now, yeah. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur are out of the competition. The only competition they remain in now is the Premiership. Uh, they got beat 3-0. So they got beat 3-2 on aggregate uh, against Dynamo Zagreb after finding out that the manager of Dynamo Zagreb is now in prison. Oh, is he the manager? I couldn't work yeah. out if he was a coach or just worked at the club. No he, So a team without a manager. So it was 2 a full time. They had to play extra time. Dynamo mm-hmm. Zagreb grabbed the winner in the 106th minute. With no manager, who the fuck's picking a team? Were the boys just organizing themselves in the change room or what? <laughs> Probably drawing like, names out of a hat. Yeah, you know the way. It's like when you're younger, uh, like when you're in your friend groups and stuff like that. It isn't the mo- most like mature one or the most level-headed one that makes decisions. It's always the tallest. It was probably just <laughs> okay. like the tallest centre back was like, right, you're up front today. <laughs> it's like I'm a goalkeeper. I don't care. <laughs> mad as well because it says here like the two goals came in the 62nd and 82nd minute so there was like Tottenham were absolutely coasting probably Co- just sitting back letting them come yeah. on at, uh, come you know, at them and then just oh Jesus anyway that happens um, so instead of attacking they... for fuck's sake you've some of the best attackers in the world and you don't attack I'm here as a Spurs fan. I'd be so sick of fucking Mourinho right now. Oh well, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's his fault. But um, so Molde were uh, playing Granada. Uh, Molde they ended up winning on the night two one. Um, but uh, because of the previous game ending three two, or no, the previous game ending two nil. Uh, Granada go through three two on aggregate. Uh, which yeah, strong Spanish side should be good. Uh, AS Roma. I, I just want to say as well. Yeah, I know. I just want to say as well. Whenever you're like, I don't think we can play Mourinho. I just double checked there. He made seven changes from the team that beat them 2 0. So maybe a bit of blame with Mourinho. Just a wee bit. I retract my statement. <laughs> <laughs> seven fucking changes. He was playing instead. Uh, I don't know. The reanimated corpse of Didier Drogba or something like that. Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, so Shakhtar Donetsk ended up getting put out by AS Roma. 
uh, yeah, it, it seemed like uh, they're pretty much the only Italian team left in any European competition. Um, because the next game we're going to cover is Manchester United against AC Milan uh, in the San Siro uh, United yeah. uh, 1-0 winners. Yeah, 1-0. Uh, watched this one. Ended up 2-0 in aggregate. Obviously, after the fucking heartbreak of that last-minute header in the first round, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those ones where like, I can't be mad at it. It was, a, it, it was a good header, but the keeper should have had it, which yeah. then put pressure on United going into the next game, which was... Um, I mean, obviously, then that was at Old Trafford, so I was like, oh, shit, they've got an away goal. So United basically needed to win 1-0 or yeah. more. Yeah, well, so, exactly. yeah, just... Just literally bare minimum again, which is, you know, you, you want a bit more effort. But yeah, Paul Pogba, remember him? Remember he plays for United? Pogbino, he scored. Yeah. yeah and and the four, just right after um, half time, so 40th minute, gets a big goal. Was it actually a lovely goal? They came on as a sub and United continue on into the quarterfinals. Okay, that's a good problem to have. Um, the next game is marred with uh, not only controversy on the pitch, but also off the pitch. Uh, the piss. Uh, the pitch. I'd love um, to be in the piss. Open the pubs. <laughs> uh, so uh, Glasgow Rangers got beat by Slavia Prague two 0 Um, mm-hmm. two goals. Uh, you know, uh, it was one one in the last leg. So, uh, Slavia Prague progressed three one. Now on the field, uh, there was um, your man Roof, uh, getting sent off for uh, or like, a, like a really really fucking bad tackle but our studs showing i'm actually there's a on the bbc website there's a stills footage and his boot is in the keeper's face that somebody's got it right bang on and it's just this is the image the dude's boot and the face so yeah horror tackle the ball is approximately three feet away behind his head and he's kicked the guy in the face and the thing that annoyed me was he looked annoyed that he got a red card i'm like accept your punishment yeah, that's mad. That fucks me off. Uh, so, and then Rangers end up getting a second person sent off um, for uh, getting a second yellow. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Belagun, yeah, got, uh, well, basically, yeah, just foul play on both of them. Uh, I don't necessarily think it was uh, that, uh, you know, abhorrent, but apparently they, uh, they called for uh, um, two yellows, but Moving on, uh, so in the, I, I believe, now I may be getting some of the information wrong, but in the tunnel, in the way, I don't know if it was the way uh, after the 90 minutes had finished and they were going back in, or if it was um, like at halftime or whatever it may be, um, but apparently uh, a um, Rangers player uh, by the name of Glenn Kamara uh, was racially abused by uh, one of the Slavia Prague uh um, players, yeah, see a um, guy called Andrej Kudela. You, you with your pronunciations today, it's it could be totally wrong. I'm just that's that's just what it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying it with confidence, and that's Fair what enough. got you. That's the good. Not thing. the guy's name at all. <laughs> His name's Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, so uh, it says here, my my information says that he uttered something to Glenn Kamara while covering his mouth with his hand. Now, yeah. all professional footballers, you'll see them doing that now, which will be the. Because obviously the, everyone can be fucking trained to lip read now. Exactly. So the, it's media training. But yeah, he did that. And that incensed the Rangers players, which, as yeah. you say, then led to the statement that Stephen Gerrard said that he was racially abused on the pitch. Not yeah. Stephen Gerrard was. Kamara was. Sorry. Yeah. 
Like, I, I, I don't imagine anybody's like turning around to Stevie Gerrard going, you white bastard. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> he is the most whitest man. Like if Mayonnaise was a football manager, it would be Stevie Gerrard. Um, yeah, he's so, he's so white. Mayonnaise is spicy. Um, but yeah, no, it's like it's you're just fucking tired of going over it at this point uh, with like the whole racism thing and uh, certain people, you know, people like Wilfred Zaha, uh, Rangers in today's game uh, didn't take the knee and stuff like that because uh, loads of people are thinking that it's kind of it's ran its call it's ran its course rather than uh you know really doing anything to help anymore or raise any awareness it's more like just going through the motions of uh you know the pre-match kickoff kind of thing so um yeah it's what i would say is if by now and not even if by now if you haven't been brought up to know racism is wrong you're a fucking moron that's it doesn't matter if you're a professional sportsman or not or if you're just out of it in the street, if you haven't comprehended that the idea that someone is lesser than you because of how they look, think about how fucking stupid that sounds when you break it down to that simplest of thing. Yeah. You're a dick. And don't don't go watch matches that I'm at because I'll fucking hit you. Okay. Um I'm a pastor. I was gonna say, so, I gonna say yeah. I'll glass you, but they give you plastic <laughs> bottles. So yeah, exactly. I'll plastic. That's it. right, it's useless. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there is a uh there's a comedian in uh New York called Josh Porter uh Josh Potter. Uh he's uh very funny. And uh, I've been playing a lot of Madden recently, as I said in previous podcasts and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of their stuff, as we've talked about on the podcast, a lot of the stuff is like end racism, you know, uh, stand up, be counted, all that kind of stuff. But um, he he just uh, pretty much made the same point going like, do you think there's like this really racist guy and like from deep south who looks at that, you know, end racism tag on the back of a football player's helmet? And he goes like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and <laughs> ends racism that way. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's getting past a fucking joke. Stop it. Uh, so yes, Villarreal ended up winning uh, 2-0 against Dynamo Kiev. Uh, they progress. Uh, it was pretty much a done deal considering they won 2-0 in the first leg as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, Spanish teams represent. And Ajax beat uh, Young Boys 2-0. Uh, so they go ahead uh, to the next stage, but uh, with a five-goal uh, deficit. So uh, Big win. Five, five goals uh, on aggregate for them, which, yeah, very decent score. And hopefully, you know, rebuilding because uh, when Manchester United beat uh, Ajax for the Europa League, you know, that was uh, with people like Donny van de Beek, uh, uh, Delight, uh, uh what's his name, Frankie de Jong, all those players in the uh, team, and ZH as well. So you never know. There could be something big building in Ajax again. It could be... Uh, well, I mean, look, that year, how far they got in the Champions League as well. Exactly. The Champions yeah. League semi-finalists with yeah. a team of kids. Amazing. Exactly. Crazy. Uh, and yeah, so that was all the Europa League games. Uh, moving on to Friday, uh, there was a wee uh, Leeds against Fulham. Uh, Leeds ended up winning 2-1. Um, Yet again, you don't get to get your Fulham tattoo. I'm not even sure if you had that on that. You oh, know, I don't, I know, don't I know don't if you had I that bet on that week, but... Yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Um, so, yeah, Leeds ended up winning 2-1. Um, it, it was kind of... It was, you know, weird because... Leeds got the uh, first goal disallowed and then Bamford comes on 
scores literally the minute later gets yellow carded um and then uh your man anderson for fulham ties it up and then rafinha scores just before the 60th minute and that was pretty much dishes done like but at Craven College, you know, Leeds are definitely the more attacking teams. So it's really rare to see like a Leeds score where they only win by one or they only lose by one. Yeah, definitely. It's very strange to see that. But uh, I don't know if that's that shows progress for Fulham or what it shows. But uh, yeah, they definitely could have been using the points. Um, so moving on to Saturday's games. Uh, so Brighton played Newcastle. At home, <sighs> Amex Stadium, you know, you're thinking this is the time for Steve Bruce to pull his finger out and manage a good Newcastle team. Uh, they got beat 3 0. They got beat 3 0 against the team who literally, physically, emotionally, mentally cannot win at home. And exactly. they 3 0. <laughs> when they decide to change their mind, it's 3 0. Mental, like, uh, yeah, no, really bad performance um, for the Magpies down in Brighton. Uh, yeah, and obviously the same thinking person would say, okay, that's definitely, um, you know, Steve Bruce out, but obviously being backed by Mike Ashley, uh, <laughs> probably the only person hated more than Steve Bruce at the minute in Newcastle. Uh, it, yep. It's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better which is the sad thing. But uh, um, also on uh, Saturday, there was a couple of FA Cup matches. So Bournemouth uh, got beat 3-0 by Southampton and Everton got beat 2-0 by Man City. And I don't mean to be crude here, but you see in the post-match analysis when uh, Carlo Ancelotti was talking about Pep Guardiola and the um, uh, Man City team at the minute, I mean, like, hey, buy the guy dinner and try and fuck him. It would be easier. (laughs) His nose was so far up Pep's hole. I mean, like, yeah, you can, you know, great recognizes great, all that kind of stuff. But then also you have to look at it going like, you are in a competitive league against these people. I know you're not going to catch them. I know it's like there's 20 other teams in the, or 18 other teams in the league. Uh, So it's, it's one of those things where you're going like, uh, okay, stop, stop, stop now, please. It's rather what? embarrassing. Now, what? There's a fine line between praising the opposition because they've beaten you and making excuses for yeah. a better team that's beaten you. So he just completely, yeah, no, he, it was. He's it was so far line. past the line, he can't even see the line. It's one of those ones. Uh, have you ever heard the song "Stand" by Eminem? Yes, dear like Pat. Right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote to you, but you still ain't calling. Um, it's probably because they speak different languages, but um, they both speak English better than I can speak Italian or Spanish. Um, that's true as well. Yeah, so that's Southampton and Man City through to the next round of the old FA Cup. Uh, I'm, more I'm FA just, Cup games today as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great couple of FA Cup games uh, this weekend. Uh, well, yeah, well I, I wouldn't say great. But... No, well, yeah, well, obviously not for... <laughs> Uh, the, the neutrals but uh, yes so uh, yeah we'll start off just doing the FA Cups and this is today so Sunday uh, Chelsea beat Sheffield United 2-0 at Stamford Bridge um, goals coming from not Pulisic he had a great game but it was one of the games I actually watched pardon me um, so Hacken C.H. scores in the 92nd minute and Ollie Norwood uh, ex-Northern Ireland player uh, the most English person I've ever heard in my life um, uh, scored no goal in the 24th minute 
so yeah, comprehensive win for Chelsea. Looks like they're they might do something in Europe. They might do something here. You never do know. Um, uh, and then Leicester United. I'll let you take this because it literally just happened. Yeah, literally, the the wounds are raw. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the first goal. That you know what? Uh, I'm gonna have to eat humble pie. This is my own fault for laughing at the Arsenal misfortune last week. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this goal while you were setting up the podcast and stuff, but. Yeah, pretty much um, Harry Maguire had a terrible pass to Fred who then was pretty much dispossessed. Uh, it was same out crack, playing out from the back, which they love doing. Um, but obviously because Leicester knew they were going to do that, they pushed. So Leicester were well pushed up. Maguire had a pass in front of his own goal and I'd say Fred's man was two, two steps behind him and he literally just in round him and then past Henderson. Keeper wasn't ready for it at all. So yeah, that was the first goal, and that was just the start of the troubles. However, Greenwood did blag one back, so it was 1-1. Went in 1-1 at halftime. Yeah, and then uh, goal as well. Yeah, it was a very, very good goal. And then the second half, it just all went fucking tits yep. up. Uh, Tillemans scored in the 52nd minute, and then it was just really put to bed with the yep. uh, initial 78th minute, and that was that was all, all she wrote, basically. So exactly, yeah. Ionacho got two goals and an assist. Man, he is on the form of his life, obviously scoring um, scoring the hat-trick against Sheffield as well. He's... Like, I was worried about United playing somebody like, or with Leicester having the firepower of somebody like Madison, but he's yeah. been fucking injured. Exactly. So I was like, oh, we've got a shot here. And then, nah, completely. Yeah. Nah, I think you'll find you don't. <laughs> yeah, he's totally in form. So yeah. nine goals in nine games he's got. Something crazy, like, but uh, yeah. So a, a bunch, uh, a bunch of lovely um, uh, games happened today. Obviously, the Celtic Rangers old firm ended one one. It was uh, it was a bit of a flat note, if we're being honest. Um, so yeah, there's not really much to talk about there. Uh, but also, okay, uh, I knew I was going to have to cover this sometime, so uh, I might as well leave it for the last football uh, match this week. So, uh, West Ham Arsenal today. Um, West Ham take uh, an early what three nil lead. Um, three one at halftime. Two nil after twenty minutes, they were uh, flying. Uh, Jesse Lingard, uh, uh, Bowen, and so check yourself before you wreck yourself. All scoring, um, and then uh, yeah, two own goals at the next two goals for Arsenal. So I I was saying uh, to Tim our. Uh, special guest on uh, Storytime this week, that uh, West Ham are the only team that can score five goals and still end up winning 3-3, or still drawing 3-3. <laughs> uh, um, which, uh, you know, it's a special skill in itself. But uh, yeah, own goals by Thomas Suchek and uh, Greg Dawson and Lacazette scoring uh, in the 82nd minute. And here, if we're being brutally honest, very lucky to at least get a point out of this game, West Ham. That is, yeah, it was. Uh, it came down to the old classic of whenever you know Michael Owen says silly stuff, I get a game of two halves. We know <laughs> Michael, this was like two separate games, yeah, it, it was, really cho- was chalk and cheese, like it was completely different. So, um, I mean, like, uh, I was looking at it, um, watching, uh, so I started watching after the second goal went in, uh, and then watched the rest of the game. I was like, okay, yeah, this, um, this is defensible. I mean, like great play and stuff like that. And I don't necessarily think that uh, a lot of the goals, even though they're two own goals, um, 
I mean, like Dawson's one, I would be proud of that. If like you know, if you're a striker, like it was one of Dawson's those. Dawson's goal was the cleanest contact. It was lovely. <laughs> Shame is he's a fucking defender. That was his net. It's almost like he's doing it on purpose now. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where you you look at it going like, uh, man, it, it's happening too often. I'm not saying obviously. I'm not saying that he's doing it on purpose, but just like come on man stop please stop doing it i just gotta say as well lingard's free kick was class so oh, yeah. clever and then they were like jesus that happened so quick we had to go back and check if the ball had stopped moving like they had the ball because you obviously can't take a free kick while the ball's moving mm. but yeah he just went, he just went in and was like you know ref walked up refs beside the ball arsenal um totally sleeping and he just put that lovely little ball around it was it was phenomenal great goal that's it, so that's it was a real it was a real shame because it started off so well they were completely dominant all over the field. And then just whatever the halftime team talk was, it all went wrong. Yep, I don't know. Um, so uh, just to cover the Northern Irish Premiership this week, uh, just to quickly go over it. So Friday night, uh, we'll start off with uh, Linfield against Crusaders. Um, at Seaview, you know, Crusaders take the early lead. Tail is old this time. Uh, Linfield end up winning 2-1 taking all three points from the shore road and Crusaders fall to another defeat, which, hey, not you, surprising. You didn't have point. much faith in this, I asked you, so and you are like, nah, yeah, I'll not win them. Yeah, um, I, I watched the game. It was live on BBC. Um, I watched the game and I was hopeful because there were spells where we were playing very good. Um, the goal, uh, I can't remember who scored it, but the goal that the Crusaders scored was a fucking world dealer. So it was great great goal uh, and you're just thinking yeah maybe this no okay no okay sorry 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 for asking for three points uh that kind of thing so it was just one of those things where you go like okay season's done stop the count um so moving on to the saturday's games there's uh the rest of the league we're playing so warren point balamina 2-2 warren point are getting like good points this season yeah, I was going to say, I follow um, Darren Mullen, who is the Newry manager, but obviously they're not playing, so he's doing a bit of punditry. So he was up at the Warren Point game in Milltown, mm. and he said it was a great game. So yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, he was up with a bit of colour commentary up on the, the scaffold. Love a, g- a good they don't, they don't have a press team. box. They just they don't have a they don't have a press box. They just have a bit of scaffolding. <laughs> yeah, stand perfect. On. Love that. Uh, Colerain uh, ending up one 0 winners over Carrick Rangers, which I'm actually surprised it was that little of a scoreline. Um, uh, Dungannon got beat one 0 by Porterdown. Uh, Glentoran three one winners over Glenavon and Lauren and Cliftonville ended draw, uh, goalless nil nil yeah. draw uh, in Inver Park. So yeah, just a. Uh, uh, pretty run-of-the-mill, no huge upsets there uh, this weekend. That just leads us into something I'm very excited about talking about this week, uh, the Six Nations Rugby Union. Shall we get into it? Yeah, phenomenal. And the amazing thing is it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah, I know, which is so good. Right, so just just to state this, uh, okay, we'll, we'll start off on uh, Saturday's games because uh, that's all there is. <laughs> I'm just noticing because yeah. normally they do the two uh, the two one split, but it was all uh, all the games were on on Saturday. So early kickoff, um, probably the least uh, what would you call it enthralling? No, uh, enticing game to watch was uh, Scotland against Italy. Scotland took a sizable lead uh, from the early on, and you know ended up with the score of fifty two ten. Yeah. Uh, did you end up? This is the only game I didn't watch. 
I only saw the, I think I saw the last 20 minutes of this game, just when you turn on, you go, ooh, Jesus, uh, okay, yeah, last 20. Yeah, complete decimation, another wooden spoon for Italy. Um, uh, I was actually talking with a couple of good friends of mine who are uh, big rugby uh, rugby players and rugby fans, and um, they're saying, I found this nonsensical what they were saying, but that Italy have the foundations to make a good international rugby team. And I'm like, where are you seeing this? Because obviously yeah. I'm not watching Italy. I'm not going through every Italy game with a fine tooth comb and stuff like that. But you're just looking at it going like, how can they be building anything that will resemble a good rugby team when they keep getting beat this much? Yeah, well, the basis of it is Italy were put into the the old Five Nations Championship. Italy were added to progress them into a rugby nation because they do have two professional rugby teams, Italy, who play in the European leagues. So that should be enough of them for them to basically make a team out of. Treviso and Seabra, right? Yeah, I believe you're correct, yeah. So, But yeah. they have that, so they have the professional teams. Uh, but then they're doing a thing like places like Japan do where they have foreign players playing for them as well. To like oh, yeah. kind of, so people who might not, maybe somebody who, you know, might not get picked for Scotland, but is mass Italian because Scotland yeah. has a big Italian. I know there's a few Scottish boys who played for them. So yeah, they've done that, which they've been trying to do. But then that's like, does that enhance your team or make it harder for to naturally blood Italians into it? it look, Italy's obviously a footballing country. They're World Cup winners and stuff. So... Uh, I'd say rugby would be a secondary sport or you wouldn't know. But in saying that, yeah. in Ireland, they're, Ireland are ra- pretty high up the rankings. Rugby would probably be, what, the fourth, fifth sport? Yeah, something like that. No, in the I whole country? Say, I, would, I would say, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be fair, like fourth normally because obviously you're looking at football being number one uh, and then obviously the guild sports uh, football yeah. hurling and then obviously rugby coming in third. And uh, hitting Catholics coming in fifth. <laughs> Sound like I'm on top of the pops or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I I just don't know. I just don't believe in that statement whatsoever. Well, look, they haven't won their last 31 games. 32 now with that game. So 32 losses in a row in this competition. Exactly. Maybe they'll maybe they'd beat like if had they go into like World Cup qualifiers, they would be be able to beat teams like. Canada and Georgia and Romania who do mm-hmm. play rugby but not to a high level exactly so yeah. but then if you drop them down a grade and you go five nations you know it's uh it's less money it's less tv it's more games for it's less games for the other teams true very true so, so they were out in there for a reason and hopefully the, the, the as you said this should progress but they need probably need another professional team or they need their coaching needs to be literal ground level mm-hmm. teaching kids Exactly. To produce a team, a good team in fifteen years, and obviously the the I don't know the the Messi, the call it what you will, Pele, the best player of um, Italian descent was definitely Sergio Parisi. Oh yeah, absolute one man team. Amazing. God, do, God, do I miss that man? Yeah. Uh, I I actually got a chance to talk to him when I was doing pitch side photography in the Six Nations game uh, up at the Aviva. Good couple of years ago. Now this was. 2009 I think um but yeah no he he was a lovely guy lovely very guy. cool I, w- I was just there taking photos and he was just uh, hey I was like oh hey uh really nice guy but uh moving on so this is the first game I tuned into this weekend I was so very well apart from the Crusaders Linfield match very excited for it Ireland against England holy shit 
that was yeah. a good game of rugby. Like 32-18, Ireland were great. It, it's the great thing where you're you're very happy to see them play that well. Oh, yeah. And then your natural Irish cynicism comes in, and as soon as the game's over, you're like, yes, why didn't we play like that against everybody else? <laughs> yeah. And then also, <laughs> it make it being that much sweeter, it's at a home uh, against England as well. And uh, I'll... Um, <laughs> okay, this is... <laughs> This made me laugh so much this weekend. Um, so my mom has been trying to get into the rugby while the Six Nations is on. And that's great. And like we talk about it uh, when we're on the phone and stuff like that. And she was like, uh, did you see the Ireland game? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was a great game and stuff like that. Uh, and it was just like, uh, yeah, I was listening to the commentary. And who's that guy? Is it my- Michael Martin or something Johnson? I was like, yeah, Martin Johnson. And he goes like, yeah, well, uh, I don't like him uh, because he said that uh, Ireland bullied England the whole way through the game. And I had to explain to my mom the connotation of the word bullying in terms of rugby. I was like, no, mom, they were just really physical with them, which is a good yeah, thing. It was like, a no, compliment. No, it's, it's a physicality in, yeah. in the game. It's, yeah, it's exactly. like when it's not better it's, than somebody else. It's not like they're waiting for them outside the changing rooms to kick the shit out of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, they didn't steal anyone's lunch money. Yeah. Uh, duh, mother, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, great, great result for Ireland, uh, which you were looking at going like, if that was the game of the day, um, you know, France and Wales had to, you know, take some doing to beat it. And my God, did they. And boy, Holy howdy. shit. What a yeah. game of rugby. Absolute heartbreak for the Welsh, but phenomenal game by both. That, that, that last 20 minutes, what did France have? Two tries held up and one was a, one was a, was a knock on or what did they give the foul for? Yeah, yeah basically like it was absolute madness. And then in the last 10 minutes, France get a turnover out of nothing and then go down the field. It was uh, unbelievable. Four tries in the first 20 minutes. It was incredible. It was flat to the map from the word go. Like, and yeah. honestly, uh, I obviously being, uh, you know, a big rugby fan, watched Six Nations, uh, uh, well, international rugby, should we say. Um, I definitely, when everything reopens, I want to start going to Ravenhill more uh, for Ulster games. But uh, yeah, so it, it was... It, you were looking at it going like, okay, this is uh, uh, Wales's chance, you know, get the Grand Slam. They haven't had it in a good couple of years. Um, you know, France can't get the Grand Slam because uh, of their defeat to England and stuff like that. So you're looking like, uh, okay, Wales can take all the marbles home uh, if they can just do it. And like, for the majority of the game, hey, France ended up having to chase most of the game, which France don't, don't really have to do. I think at half time I saw the stats was France, although they had the same amount of points as Wales, only had thirty two percent of the possession. Yeah. So Wales had all the ball in that first half. Would you reckon that they were trying to time waste in the first half? Because if so, it did not work out. Um, because France ended up thirty two thirty victory. Uh victory yeah. over. It was Wales. it was so tense. The the atmosphere was so tense, and then there was so much stopping and starting and so much TMO action mm. and like tries being held up and yeah. you know, files and. Yeah, it was Madness. There was uh, I guess, red, red card, red cards, I guys, red card, yeah. two yellow cards at the end. Fra- mm-hmm. Wales finished the game with 13 men. It was just absolutely dramatic as well. If, oh, like, and we, I didn't mention, I forgot to mention as well, but the Aki got sent off for Ireland. Oh, yeah, a yeah. red card. So, yeah. two red cards in one Six Nations. Before that, Ireland hadn't had a red card 
since 1978. <laughs> so yeah, this new this new uh, protocol about for head injuries and tackles and high tackles is yeah. really changing the game. Yeah, it's like we were talking about in you know in all contact sports now. So be it NFL, you know, rugby league, rugby union, uh, UFC, boxing, anything like that. Uh, yeah, just because there there's just been so much evidence to. Uh, suggest that it leads to you know C- CTE and like uh, you know it can horribly damage people so well who would have thunk it getting punched or repeatedly smacked in the head um, would do you damage but yeah no um, I mean like by the letter of the law uh, the Ake red card was definitely a red card um, yeah. but also you're looking at it going like there's just nothing really you could have done about it Um and it was the England player falling into his shoulder more than anything. So you were just looking like, oh, come on, give the guy a break. But hey. no, it's, as you say, once they have the letter of the law, then they got to yeah. follow it. But the, yeah, the eye gouge was pretty daft in the wheels game. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, that looks, that looks fucking painful. Yeah, trying to maintain uh, that, he, that he was cleaning out and he thought oh, he had grabbed him in the neck or something. I was oh, like, oh, come on. You can tell oh, when, when you accidentally touch somebody's eye socket, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Don't piss on my leg and tell me. It looked me horrible because like, the guy's hand was. Yeah. Like, was oh, really, hor- really looked minging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Rugby, yeah. So the, the, uh, we'll obviously cover this on uh, the what we're going to watch this week, but uh, final game of the Six Nations, Friday night. Scotland uh, are away to France. What a game. I am so excited. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Okay, so what I what I'll do here is, um, if you're wondering, you know, I, I mean, majority, the majority would say, or the bookies would say that France or Wales will still be given, you know, they will still win the Six Nations, yeah, because they've won twenty points. France must uh, must win the maximum amount of points. So I'm going to do this really quick, okay? Okay. So try try and tune into this one, folks. If you're listening to this at home, this is what um France have to do. So Scotland are going to Paris, so they have a chance to win it at home, okay? But basically, that game was rescheduled because of a COVID outbreak in the French camp. Mm-hmm. So actually, one of the Welsh commentators complained the game shouldn't be played because it was the way it was I the French that. fault. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't and think I, he meant for it to be picked up, but he was like, "This is ridiculous. shouldn't even be being played." And I was like, "Oh, hello, got to finish I, the tournament." Like, I almost agree with him there, going like, "Hey, you broke protocol. There you go. Award yeah. all the points to Scotland." Um, so here we go. Here's here's the basics of it. France will snatch the title from Wales if they beat Scotland with a winning margin of 21 points or more and a bonus point win. Victory by 21 points or more without the bonus point or for scoring four tries would not be enough for France to lift the, the trophy. Should France secure a bonus point win with a 20-point win margin, they would be separated from Wales on tries scored across the campaign. Wales have scored 20 fries, uh, fries, <laughs> tries. France have scored 15. If France score five tries and beat Scotland by 20 points, the title would be shared for the first time since 1988. I have never even knew it had been shared. I didn't know that was possible. And a bonus point victory for Scotland would ensure them in second place in the table behind Wales. So there's a lot to play for. Scotland playing for pure pride and Wales are, France have to win by a hell of a lot to take that off Wales. Exactly. So it's all to do for France. And obviously uh, all that's left for Scotland is, uh, you know, to save a bit of face. Um, but Scotland this is what I, this is the thing the the danger I was worried about like are Scotland gonna be like we'll try and finish second try and finish strong or are Scotland saying World Cup coming up do we try and blood some new players and just throw the young fellas out and see how they do mm, uh, with the potential to get stuffed I can't I can't see that happening at all like I can't see 
uh, number one, okay, so yeah, I just don't see France winning it at all. Uh, I still think, you know, uh, it's sad that the uh, wheels didn't get the Grand Slam, but yeah, I, I can't see France even at home, uh, like beating Scotland by that margin. Hey, so, I didn't see France beating Wales either, but there you go. There we go. So shall we get on to uh, this week? No, we, this was just this week in sport. Uh, we should yes. get on to story time. Story yeah. time with our special guest. Well, that was a great story time, wasn't it, Darren? I enjoyed it. Um, yes. Uh, if anybody's wondering why I'm talking, uh, you know, sounding sarcastic when I talk, it's because uh, we pre-recorded with Tim uh, story time earlier on today. So I just did an edit in my head. Okay. This is You're really ruining the Wizard of Oz magic of all this, Jordan. Not, it's like, <laughs> ignore, ignore the fat man behind the curtain. You're not supposed to tell them. <laughs> It's supposed to be no seamless. Look, no, look at me. Hang on, I need hang on. the attention. Wait a second. Wait a second. Are you are you explaining this in case the edit's terrible? No, no, no. I'm probably going to edit this whole thing out. <laughs> oh, even me giving you shit. I think I think when I give you shit, it's usually fun. Don't don't worry. <laughs> I, I'll I'll put the I'll put the fat man under the or the uh, behind the curtain. I'll put that as the opening today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, yeah, I've I got you some questions and I got some games to watch. Shall we get into it? Yes, let's do games to watch and then finish on the questions, as we always do to build suspense. Oh, Unless people are just fast forwarding the whole episode to hear our stupid questions. I don't know if that would work. Um, um. So, uh, story time this week. Um, yeah, it's 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 another it's another doozy. Uh, so we're doing a pl- player profile this week. And uh, we have a very special guest on the podcast. Uh, Darren, would you like to introduce our guest? Our guest joining us this evening all the way from uh, Oma in lovely County Tyrone is uh, one half of the Dirt Civil, Mr. Tim Gallagher. Tim, welcome. Thank you very much, lads, for having me. I'm yeah, looking you, forward to it. You're the, the civil part of the Dirt Civil kind of? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm the civil part. He's the, yeah, the scum, essentially. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be. I know that's the way it's supposed to be. But That's how we sell it. That is how yeah, we sell exactly, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, normally, like, when I get uh, other people to appear on the podcast, I give them, like, a, like, a little bit of heads up or if they have any preference to uh, what uh, player they want to uh, cover for story time. Uh, mm-hmm. but you, it was actually quite a nice surprise because you were just like, here, man, I don't care as long as he's, uh, you know, yeah. Arsenal. <laughs> um, yeah. so, uh, if, if I said that today's game, so the West Ham United Arsenal match, uh, was a, a derby because this player played for both those teams, who do you think it would be? Both Arsenal and West Ham? Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you further clues of other clubs he's played for if you want to guess. Yeah, go ahead. I assume it's not Fabianski. Like, it's not. It's not. It's not Fabianski. Uh, hang on. He, he I know he hasn't legend. earned an episode of the podcast yet. <laughs> no, I can't. I was thinking. Happens. I was like, that would be a short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so this guy has also played for. Oh yeah. No, sorry. I thought I didn't hit record there. <laughs> no, <you're fine. laughs> sorry, my bad, guys. My bad. Please this continue. gentleman has also played for. Um, so he's played for Arsenal West Ham he's also played for Nottingham Forest on loan Celtic and he finished his career at Burnley now there's one more big team he spent the first half of his career with Crystal Palace 
Right, okay. He actually played more games for Crystal Palace than he played for Arsenal. Fun fact. Okay, right, okay. So he's more. And who did he play? Did he play for a long time with West Ham? Uh, he was at West Ham for a year. Yeah, yeah, one of his seasons. Yeah. How how old are we talking here? How how uh, long ago? He was retired this? in the year two thousand. He's fifty-seven okay, at wow. present. Yeah, I was five in two thousand. That was. So yeah, you, you um, were alive. You should. Know. Here, I wasn't born then, but as a United fan, I still know who George Best is. You know what I mean? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't. Uh, I just wasn't um, an avid Arsenal fan when I was five. But I can't really remember much of when I was five, but. Um, 57 Jordan. now, played play for West Ham and Crystal Palace. Uh, well, I think, you're gonna, I think you're going to be annoyed when Jordan tells you. Jordan, put the man out of his misery, please. Who's today? Uh, today we are covering Ian Wright, NBA. Uh, well, yeah, uh, Ian Wright came to my head, but I didn't think he had played for West Ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, spent his time. It's there. where he went after Arsenal. Yeah, I see. I I had the Crystal Palace in the on the Arsenal link, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember him playing for for um, West Ham. But wow, that's how much I know. Maybe yeah, I yeah. should have told you, Jordan. <laughs> that maybe I should have told you a player to, <laughs> to, to talk about. <laughs> it would have been, would have been a lot. Uh, no, but like, just think of how suspenseful that like five minute interlude was. Just going like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Ian Wright is he's a le- he is a legend. He is a legend. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see him play much, but from watching videos back yeah one of our best ever so yeah definitely um when you um think about the kind of you know the bruised banana yellow away kit yeah that's yeah, Ian yeah. Wright's always the first player I think about yeah and I love him as a pundit I, I like he really shows his passion for Arsenal when it he, when he's uh when he's a pundit so um I should have got that one should have got that one disappointing oh. <clears throat> so, uh, basically, we'll start off. So, uh, Ian Edward Wright was born on the 3rd of November, 1963, a professional English football player and is now a radio and TV personality and is commentating with BBC and I- ITV Sport. Um, starting off uh, in Woolwich, England, which that's North London, right? Where... Yeah. Yeah, 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 thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Arsenal, Woolwich, I don't know. Um, but yes, yeah. no, he started his professional career in 1985 playing for Crystal Palace. And as we've already gone through, he played for Crystal Palace, Arsenal, West Ham, on loan to Nottingham Forest, Celtic and Burnley, also getting 33 caps for uh, the England national team, which, to be honest, I was actually really surprised when I found out that stat, that he had only played 33 games. Yeah, it's quite low. Yeah. And like it, like altogether, it, like total appearances, um, he had five hundred and one appearances in club football, um, with uh, two hundred and thirty nine goals. I don't know which one annoys me more that the fact that it could be two hundred and forty or just five hundred appearances. I, it's yeah, uh, like I don't Zero have OCD, OCD. triggered. I, yeah, no, it's, it's like I don't have it, but if I. Uh, it's annoying me. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's um, yeah. I I kind of like obviously as a growing up as a West Ham fan, he's not held in the same kind of uh, realm as people. You know, kind of like uh, uh, Paulo De Canio or you mm. know, say like Slavin Bilic even before he came back as manager. Um, your Bobby Moore's, your you know Julian Dix, yeah, all those people. Um, so it wasn't like in the kind of, I don't know, West Ham zeitgeist going like, oh yeah, this guy's a, um, a, a West Ham legend, like, because I think it was just, 
uh, that's when uh, career rises like kind of production rate went down because he only got the uh, he'd never got double figures since leaving Arsenal in terms of goals for the club he scored in every uh, every team he was at but there like yeah. nine goals for West Ham five for Nottingham Forest three for Celtic and four for Burnley like so I will say this, he was at Celtic for a year. Now, the thing is, as well, though, all those clubs where he was there, he was making less appearances. Obviously, he's winding down his career. Mm. But the fact that when he played for West Ham, he played 22 games, scoring nine times. Nine goals from 22 games is a pretty good return for a guy who's passed his best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's like 14 years into his career, you know what I mean? That's He's well in his 30s at that point. Yeah. And and even with, uh, like, moving, because he spent, what, like six years with Crystal Palace? Uh, yeah. like 225 appearances with 90 goals, that is great, and you, mm-hmm. you deserve to be a club legend with that. But then just moving on, uh, to Arsenal for those seven years, and then you know, scoring 120 goals in 221, <clears throat> so scoring like you know, loads more goals, uh, it, with four less games was like huge, yeah, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah. but yeah, so, um, around the year 2000. Uh, started to wind up his career with Burnley. Um, uh, and then uh, it was, yeah, I, I don't really remember this too much, but um, so apparently his first, uh, uh, his first television appearance was as a co-host on Top of the Pops. Right. Yeah. and the- That was his route into punditry. <laughs> apparently so, like just commenting on the, I, I don't know what's a song from the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> How not, you remind me by clue. Nickelback or something like uh, that. Um, but uh, yeah, when he was on Top of the Pops, he interviewed celebrities uh, such as Elton John, Mariah Carey, and Will Smith. <laughs> that what a what a career this man's had. <laughs> I mean, like it's slightly crazy, like when you think about it. And he's done he's done loads of different like kind of. There's a um, uh, what you call it, like a kind of Top Gear type thing called Men and Motors, uh, where right. they travel coast to coast in America on a Harley Davidson bike. Uh, he's done, you know, Crystal Maze, Big Brother Celebrity Hijacks, Gladiators, uh, loads of stuff for Channel 5. Uh, and he's also done quite a lot in radio as well. But you're just thinking, um, like, you haven't really seen many people, uh, like, kind of take to the role of being like a per, like a celebrity in terms of like a radio slash television personality from football, mm. he took to like a duck the water like it 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 just completely and now you can't imagine like match of the day or you know some other yeah. uh, type of like football commentating without him. Yeah, I can't think of I can't think of any other players that have have kind of transitioned like that. But I suppose it, it probably comes from he was quite a. He was quite a flair, like and an extravagant player mm. in everything he done, and even the the gold tooth. I don't know if he still has the gold tooth or not. I think he does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he does. Um, yeah, I think he does. So obviously, obviously, you know, it suited him well. But um, I I didn't know that he'd went to. I didn't know he played for Celtic or Burnley actually. Yeah, I, I didn't. I really didn't know the Burnley one. Yeah, the the Burnley one's weird. And when you're looking at like obviously Nottingham Forest aren't in the Premiership, but you know they're Champions mm. League winners in the past, and they've been in the first division uh, loads of different times. But at that time they were, I think, second division. Uh, and yeah. the same with Burnley. Like so, it was pretty much you know moving down in the leagues after he left West Ham. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I'm not saying the Scottish Premier League is 
uh, less of a league than the Barclays Premiership, but uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that is a fact, but I'm not saying <laughs> that, yeah, 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 come on. We can't get over this. Um, but yeah, so he started uh, his punditry for Match of the Day in 2002. Uh, and uh, he's covered the um, 2006 World Cup and the Euros in 2004. Um, uh, he then uh, went on to join BT Sport in 2013, uh, covering Premier League, FA Cup, Champions League, and UEFA, or sorry, not UEFA, uh, the Europa League even, uh, and also with the ITV coverage of the 2014 and 2016 World Cup. So, yeah. Like for a lot of people, he is kind of like the voice of the World Cup, as yeah. much as Alan Shearer, or sorry, as much as Gary Lineker is as well, which is quite strange. But uh, there's also um, he he's had um, quite an interesting life uh, leading up to uh, his football career and obviously post his football career. But um, he actually grew up in a uh, so he had kind of like a fractured upbringing. Um, so it was difficult for him to overcome that at the start, uh, which, you know, obviously wasn't great. Um, but, you know, c- coming from non-league football uh, to, you know, one of the uh, Arsenal's top goal scorer before Henri broke his record uh, yeah. is something crazy. And um, because, like, obviously he had a deprived childhood and an abusive stepfather. Um, and he was also sent to prison when he was 19 years old. That not many right. people, yeah, this is the first time I heard about it and knew anything yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, a spell in prison, which was uh, that kind of changed his outlook on life. And then I was kind of, uh, you know, when you've got this idea of someone in your head and you don't really want it to be tarnished. So I didn't really yeah. want to know what yeah, he did. It. Yeah. But I was like, I might as well look it up. Uh, it was not paying for driving fines. Okay. It's probably one of the better things that it could have been. <laughs> it, it could have been. Like, we have covered a lot worse people on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, so those two the, those two weeks kind of uh, scared him straight, I guess. And was that, that was why his, he was, that was that kicking was the arse. Was playing? Yeah, uh, so that well, was... Yeah, um, yeah that, I think that might have been in his non-league days when... Uh, that was Greenwich Borough. Yeah. Which is his team then, before he got picked up by Crystal Palace. Could have been so yeah. different. Yeah, definitely could have been. Definitely could have been. And he came into if he's so when did he get picked up by Crystal Palace in his twenties? Nineteen eighty five. Yeah, so he was what? What is he born? He was born in sixty three. So yeah, he was to like twenty two. So he was already. It wasn't like uh, the teenage sensation. Yeah, he was already into his twenties when he got picked up, like bought out of a team. So that's really good. Like, so if you get uh, imprisoned for, um, you know. Uh, not paying parking fines or whatever mm. in a couple of years you too could be a premier league yes. footballer. <laughs> i'm pretty yeah, sure well, you, have have ta- you have to have ta- yeah you have to have talent somewhere in there <laughs> along the lines, but, but yeah uh but yes um he he has uh, a number of different um children to a couple of different people but uh the two that really stick out are uh, his adopted son sean and mm. uh, his son Bradley, where Sean Wright Phillips and Bradley Wright Phillips both played. Um, I think uh, Sean Wright Phillips used to play for Man City before. City, yeah, for yeah, a long be- time. Before, yeah. yeah, before all the money started coming in. Uh, and yeah. they both QPR played. as well, maybe? Oh, QP- yeah, I remember. I think it was QPR Reading. I couldn't remember who it was. Oh, it was blue and white. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so I remember it being yeah. blue and white. So it's one of the two. Yeah. Like, um, But they both played together uh, in the New York Red Bulls over in the MLS. 
which is kind of yeah. and uh, yeah. Bradley White Phillips to his credit was actually no still he's still playing for uh, Los Angeles Football Club at the minute the team yeah. with Farrellones and he's a pretty household name in America isn't yeah, Bradley yeah. White Phillips is like has forged a career in American football from I, what I, I know from what I remember reading. yeah I I think what he done was he was like. He, he went over to America to start playing football when it wasn't that popular. And like yeah. loads of people in America obviously didn't know who he was. So he could have just gone like, just gone to America and was like, yeah, I was part of the 1966 World yeah. Cup winning squad. <laughs> <laughs> and they think yeah. he, he is like the British Pele kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the internet was invented and. Uh... <laughs> I screwed the whole thing up. But that's yeah, the thing with American, American, well, soccer, football, whatever, you know, the standard is, is so much lower. It's Sean Wright Phillips went to America as well, did he mm-hmm. then? Yeah, and then yeah. kind of just tailed his career off. Yeah, he ended up playing with uh, uh, a couple of different teams. I know he definitely played for New York Red Bull, um, but I'm not quite sure. I can look it up quickly. He was a good player in his day. Sean Wright Phillips was a good player in his day. Yeah. I, I remember him uh, getting, like, touted as, like, being, like, the first proper uh like homegrown talent, yeah. That yeah. kind of Man City were going to kind of like bank off. Yeah, I think I vaguely yeah. remember that, but um, I could be misremembering it. But no, no, he uh, was. Sean he was. He was very highly regarded. Yeah, Sean Phillips. Oh, he, yeah, he used to play for Chelsea. I remember him in the in the in the with when the old Chelsea badge and the baggy shirt. Yeah, shit. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I just realized that I switched my Wikipedia to French. Uh, so I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna attempt this, guys. Um, uh, youth uh, youth career with Nottingham Forest played for Man City, Chelsea, Queens Park Rangers, Red Bull, and Phoenix Rising uh, of the Australian Football League. I'm pretty sure. No, Scottsdale uh, Arizona. The Wellington Phoenix of, from New Zealand who play in the Australian A League. Yeah, see, that's who I thought it was, but it was Phoenix Rising. So uh, they're Phoenix a, Rising is the, Amer- the MLS, yeah. then yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, I, I was going to go like, I was so smart there because it didn't say what league it was. <laughs> I was like, yes, but uh, not to be. But yeah, so not only has he had uh, a very illustrious career in football, both of his children have as well, you know. Uh, and yeah. uh, we, so obviously, like, there's a lot of different stuff that uh, goes along with the whole personal life of um football players and stuff like that i'm not saying necessarily this is like one that happens quite often uh but we'll leave it on this uh story here uh in june 2014 whilst uh, ian wright was in brazil working as a pundit for the um 2014 world cup uh his wife nancy was held at knife point as a gang burgled their family home whilst their children were upstairs and this was in england so mm. can you just imagine like you're literally across the world and having to get back after being told that like yeah could you imagine anything worse apart from supporting <clears throat> arsenal not much well but, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's about that's about the only thing i can think of <laughs> and i i just i just glanced over there i've got the football on in the tv as well and i just noticed yeah. that leicester went into one uh, so uh always a good, always a good a, thing <laughs> yeah uh darren's probably in a bit of a low mood right now um, but yeah, so that was uh, the the life and times of Ian Wright, MBA. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. 
Um, can I point out something here that one of the things that, that although we have Tim on as an Arsenal fan and Ian Wright being an Arsenal legend, oh. he went, he's actually also the Crystal Palace player of the century. So he oh. made it into their centenary 11 when they were doing that because obviously he was there for as long. Yeah. And yeah. so he's, he was named as Crystal Palace's player of the century in 2005, by which point he was long gone and retired in the whole day or long gone and away to Arsenal. And the other thing as well is, in a brilliant bit of business, Ian Wright only cost Arsenal £2.5 million, which at the time was a club record fee. Proven yeah. positive, Arsenal will never spend fucking money. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. exactly. We, have to be, we have to be just hopeful that some good young talent comes through because we don't buy, we don't buy well. And when we do, we buy Pepe. So that's that's what happens, and that's just the, the life and times. But it's actually it's weird thinking back to Ian Wright, and then I listened to a bit of your your podcast with with Dave when you were chatting about Thierry Henry, mm-hmm. um, and and things like that. And it's just like Arsenal have really fallen since because I started supporting them in like I guess when I was about seven or eight, kind of early two thousands. So my kind of first three four years, all I remember was Invincibles, you know, Perez, Henry, Burkham. Jens Lehmann, all these unbelievable players. Fabregas kind of coming through and being mm. like one of the best central mids. And then 2006 or 2005, we won the FA Cup. Then 2006, I was like, right, we're going to win the Champions League. What a what a tight what a what a club to support. <laughs> all my family were Liverpool fans, so I started supporting Arsenal because they played the best football. I don't think anyone would have doubted that at that time. Mm. And I was like, right, I'm going to go Arsenal just to be different. Um, and I like their kind of style of play. And then from 2006 onward, it's just been a disaster. <laughs> well, no, no, hang on. Tim, it hasn't been a disaster, even after people like Wright have moved on and, you know, you lose your bigger players. Actually, as a football club, Arsenal, when it comes to, like, actually doing businesses, which was the great thing with Arsene Wenger and, you know, the players he brought in when he yeah, was yeah. managing guys like Wright and yeah. then Henry and stuff. Because after mm-hmm. that, to actually keep the ball rolling and to buy a new stadium and to keep the club on the road... Finishing fourth all the time, yeah, it's actually a good thing. Yeah. So when people talk about that, like I said about that, whenever like Alex Ferguson retired, I was like, for a few years, I'd be pretty happy if United became the new Arsenal yeah. and just kept finishing fourth to get into the Champions League. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I would, I would take finishing fourth every year now, <laughs> because at the time you kind of just took it for granted. You were like, oh, finishing fourth, and then it started to become a negative. And then when you, as you say, when you put it into perspective, we would take it now every day of the week, you know, just finishing consistently because especially with City being so dominant now and Liverpool being so dominant, you know, two, three years, top four is extremely hard to get into. It's really, really hard, especially with Leicester and, you know, Chelsea and United and all the the top six doesn't even, I don't even know if Arsenal are top six team anymore. They're not at the minute, but hopefully with Saka and Smith Rowe and everyone coming through and that I, I do like Arteta, I must say. Mm. He, he's got mixed kind of opinions from the fans, but I do like him. I'm glad we went for the Arteta approach and not kind of like the Ancelotti approach, which a lot of people were calling for. But I would mm. rather give him time because, you know, he might as well get time because we're not in a position anyway where we're kind of finishing consistently in the Champions League. We haven't dropped out of that. We haven't been there in, yeah. in years. So, yeah, so I, would, I was happy with that. Yeah, and it would, like, uh, you'd obviously bite the hand of anyone that was trying to give you um like someone who'd uh, been assistant manager under pep as well especially being mm. at city after uh, like all his life experiences with uh, uh, barcelona and bayern munich 
uh, before yeah. him. Like, so that that's that. Yeah. I I thought that was a great move uh, when Arsenal signed him as a manager. But uh, yeah, Oli, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, Oli Gummy Solskjaer. Um, I, I wouldn't be as keen. Sorry, Darren. It was just... What's your thoughts on Oli, Darren? Darren's frozen, hasn't he? <laughs> I think so. I do, eh? Watching the United game, maybe? Yeah, it's, not going yeah. too, it's not going too well. It's on, it's on in the background <laughs> with me, but but uh, but no, I agree. I think Arteta, I like Arteta, and I, I do think you can see structure in his system. He's definitely got a system. I just don't think he has the players to, mm. don't think he has the players to play it. Um, unfortunately, and this whole playing out from the back, like, it works, yes, because I've seen today against West Ham, we tried to go long, and we conceded goals as well. So I do get mm-hmm. the whole playing out from the back. It's just we don't have the players to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, it's just one of them things. With uh, Martin Odegaard coming in on loan from uh, Arsenal as well, um, this is one of the rare moves in football where it seems like everybody, like all parties concerned in uh, the bit of business are benefiting because yeah. Arsenal are yeah. definitely benefiting from having him on the squad. I think he's getting great experience playing in a different yeah. league. Uh, he's, you know, played in the Dutch league and the Spanish league for a couple of seasons um, mm-hmm. with Real Sociedad. Uh, was it Real Sociedad or uh, it's not some Spanish team, if not Madrid? Yeah, I think uh, it was. I think it was Real Sociedad. Uh, and obviously now playing with Arsenal. And yeah. obviously their form's been dipping, but they're still, you know, a top, you know, English side. And he's mm-hmm. back. Look at that. He's back. Is he I back? have no idea what keeps happening, man. Apologies for. <laughs> no, no, it's I was just. I was asking you what your thoughts on Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer were, and then you disappeared. I was like, I he doesn't like him that much. Yeah. yeah. No, he, I, I don't, don't mind. Like it's the question. same thing. I like I like Solskjaer, but it's the it's the club legends thing. If um, yeah. I like bringing him back, but at the same point, there's loads of great. I mean, there's other United people who have um, proved that you can be. A brilliant player for your club, but not a great manager. Steve Bruce was a United player. He's mm. fucking managed everybody at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. Roy Keane well. has managed what three teams and got sacked by everybody. So yeah, we're talking about him going to Celtic next year. No, I don't mind. Look, Solskjaer's doing a good job with the resources available to him. Uh, sure. I just fear that if we're we would be that, I'd say before you're invincibles kind of thing. When you had when you talk about like players like Wright and stuff, who was a good yeah. player in that building team. I would say at this point, we're probably in a lot of trouble if somebody like Fernandez gets injured because we have, uh, there's like two squads for United seems to be the way that he's rotating it through and then it's yeah. all cup games. So, you know, like Henderson does nets for cup games, you'll see like Van de Beek for cup games, but teams are starting to figure that out. So sure it's very, this is who plays in the league and this is who plays in the cups. But yeah. so far, no complaints. I think everyone's had an old speed wobble, but as you say, as an Arsenal fan, would you... I'm sure there's plenty of players you'd love to see back playing again as well. So, I mean, Solskjaer yeah. was the baby-faced assassin. You don't, yeah. you, he's a footballer so good, he got a nickname. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember him too. Like, he used to, his his record off the bench must have been incredible. Like, because I that's all I remember him for is just scoring goals off the bench. He was nearly, he was so good at doing that, you didn't want, like, he couldn't be started. Because, yeah. Because it was like, he wouldn't have, have as much an impact. No, definitely agree. It was, um, I mean, his playing record was brilliant. and uh, But, I mean, his previous job was, what, Molde, who got put out yeah. of the Europa League the other night. Mm-hmm. And that's the club mm-hmm. he came from as well. But, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, like, Solskjaer was a, has a brilliant trophy cabinet himself and he's an mm-hmm. international player formerly. So, has all that experience. But then, yeah. I mean, you have, like, Arteta was a great player and he's now managing Arsenal. So, it's yeah. um, does a good playing career, make a good manager. There's some people that were never players 
who manage. So mm. yeah, Mourinho anyway. as an example, I think he's yeah. probably the best example. Yeah, well, Mourinho yeah. said he was a crap player himself. Yeah, yeah, I think it's him yeah. and is it him and who's the two top man? Is it him and Benitez that are the two that didn't really have playing careers? I know there's two that were around at the same time that didn't have much of a playing career because majority of them did. Let's be let's be honest, they yeah. all pretty much did. Yeah, uh, at some point, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. I wouldn't yeah. say Arteta was much of a player, like, but he you wouldn't say he was. He, no, he was a good player forever. Like, he was a really good player forever, and I think I suppose we got him towards the end of his career. And I really, I was really, really happy when we signed him because um, I remember his relationship with Cahill at Everton. They were like the spine of Everton, so I was like, yeah, he'd be really, really solid, and he did score some important goals for us. Um, I think I remember him scoring one in the FA Cup from outside the box. That was a really important goal. And I only have fond memories of him, but I wouldn't say we got his best years either at the same time. Yeah, kind of like uh, West Ham and Ian Wright, which, hey, it's, yeah. call, talk about professional uh, segue slash wrapping it up, bringing it back to Ian Wright. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, uh, just putting yeah. a bow on it there. Uh, nicely done. And you see yeah. the way I uh, like kind of draw notice to it? professional um tim yeah, thanks very solid. much for coming on today buddy uh do you want to plug anything to the three people that are listening right now or no mate it, it was a pleasure to be honest always nice to chat about football sometimes because all the podcasts i'm on like trying to get football out of McCann isn't going to happen <laughs> um you know i suppose in the comedian circuit there's a few football fans in there but they're they're few and far between yeah uh, not they're few and far between so um but Actually, no it was no it was gripping on i just thought there tim while i have you about 10 years ago we played a football game of like comedians where it was northern ireland versus the republic of ireland and we won if i got it reorganized and we did another one and we'll because it's the modern day we'll probably have to allow for comedians and podcasters do you fancy yes, an international no. cap yeah i was gonna i was gonna say i'm not a comedian but i would definitely yeah yeah i'd, I'd love to play yeah right well, I'll, minute, I'll come up with some i'll come up with some rule that we can so. have like two ringers and we'll bring in <laughs> Yeah, McCann might not be up for it, but <laughs> here, McCann. I'm not inviting McCann to play. Like, he can yeah. come and watch if he wants. Uh, no, he play football? Here. no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I think he scored one header in primary school and it bounced off the back of his head. He talks about that quite a bit, but that's that's about it. it. Is that why his um, head's so big right now? Or well, I think that's why he scored. I think that's why he scored. <laughs> but uh, but no, I would love to. And look at the minute. I have no club football, so I would kick a ball anywhere in a random field, anywhere. It doesn't even have to be as, as good as the opportunity you're giving me. So, um, uh, well, Jordan, Jordan will probably be managing, so start kissing up to the boss. Okay, exactly right. Yeah, Jordan, here, man, I'm there, man. I'm ready to play. I'm, I, I, <laughs> I'm committed. I know, I, uh, like, I'm going, I'm going to be like real Arshan Wenger with this. Like, you see, if you guys are eating ketchup or anything <laughs> like that with any meals, I'm oh, yeah. sending you on a one way trip to Strasbourg. Yeah. <laughs> you're not at my club. Man, I'm, I'm on my diet now. I'm pure performance. Whatever you need from me, I'm there. Uh, and what about you, Darren, as you eat a gravy chip? <laughs> hey, I'm, I know this is a pint glass, but that's actually water. It's not vodka <laughs> for a change. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. <gasps> Perfect. Well, I'm in preseason um, myself, I'll have you know, so I'll be fit to go whenever this game gets organized. Am I the only unhealthy one here? <laughs> yes. You should be ashamed of yourself. I already, I don't know why I asked that question because I knew the answer. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks very much, Tim. Uh, yeah, that Cheers, was Tim. story time this week. Cheers, lads. All of it. Right. So, uh, guess what? It's that what? time of year again. The international break is here. 
Oh, sh- what? It, it, always, it always sneaks up on me. I know, doesn't it? So uh, we'll start off with the Northern Irish Premiership games on Tuesday, the 23rd. So Balamina against Limfield, Carrick Rangers, Portadown, Dungannon Crusaders, uh, Glenavon, Corian, and Warren Point, Glentorn. Um, just to run through them quickly, Linfield, Carrick, Crusaders, Corian, draw. Was that what you're calling it? Yeah. Gonna, go, gonna get down the bookies in that one? Well, you never know if you if you fancy a flutter on the nags. Hey, I know. Uh, do you, so you think um, Crusaders is going to beat Dungannon? Yeah. Yeah, Dungannon okay. just aren't to the races this season. Isn't it funny as well? Like like we say a flutter in the nags. We're talking about football. Obviously, nags are horses. But yeah. nags are also the dairy word for underwear. It's weird that. I don't make the rules. <laughs> um, so the World Cup qualifiers start on Wednesday. Uh, a good lock of games. Um, so, uh, I'm not going to go through them all because there'd be just way too many. Um, but the highlights for me would definitely be Turkey, Netherlands, uh, Belgium, Wales, uh, Portugal, Azerbaijan, just because it's Portugal, not Azerbaijan, um, and Serbia against the Republic. Hang on. Do you not think that Malta v. Russia is going to be a classic? No, uh, I, I suddenly don't. Although France against the Ukraine could have something. But uh, yeah. yeah. What, what about? What about Cyprus, Slovakia? Not not a world beater, no. No, no. I've seen both those teams play. Um, yeah, there All we right. go. Um, uh, yeah, Ser- Serbia, Republic of Ireland. I'm going to call it now. Republic of Ireland continue their inability to score, and Serbia does them one nil. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, Queeving Kelleher, uh, the Liverpool goalkeeper, uh, is, he got his first international call up. Oh, nice one. New, yeah, which new is good. Blood playing for a high level team. That's what you need. That's what you need, baby. Um, on Thursday, uh, England against San Marino, live on BBC if anybody wants to watch it. Um, more importantly, uh, live on the football, the Sky Football, uh, Italy are playing Northern Ireland. Did you know that um, San Marino once prevented England from qualifying for a World Cup? No, but it fills me full of joy that they did go but go give that a youtube i remember watching it when i was a kid it was amazing the guy who scored from san marino was like a postman love that love that he he actually scored it was one of the fastest goals ever scored in an international qualification not even bullshitting go and give this a google it was fucking weird but yeah um so yeah uh, i was playing italy what's cracker yeah uh it's world cup qualifications it's in italy uh, yeah, no, we're going to get beat, but I'm going to watch it until the first three goals go in, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Scotland play Austria and Spain against Greece. Yeah. Yeah, a couple, a couple of decent wee, uh, uh, results there. Obviously, Scotland hoping to get to their first World Cup since, well, Scotland 94. Hang on, hang on. Does that mean for, the, for next week we have to watch international games? I'll watch them. Don't worry. I'll just watch the highlights. Okay, I'll watch the hats and then I'll watch the rugby on Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, no, I want the rugby on Friday. Um, so yeah, nothing on Friday, uh, nothing on Friday night in terms of uh, uh, nothing on Friday night in terms. Wait, no. Okay, yeah, nothing on Friday night in terms of. Uh... Do you want to say nothing on Friday night in terms of again? That's yeah, uh, nothing on Friday night in terms of premiership matches uh, because the European qualifiers are still happening. So, yep. uh, Netherlands against Latvia. World Cup qualifier. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? 
European. It's all European teams. Oh, to be fair yeah, to you. but yeah, European teams. The, uh, there's loads <laughs> of African nation ones. If uh, we just don't have enough time, uh, Netherlands mm. uh, against Latvia, Czech Republic against Belgium, uh, Republic of Ireland against Luxembourg, and Serbia against Portugal. Good couple of games there, um, and that's on Saturday. Uh, yeah. But also, there's a Northern Irish Premiership back on Saturday. Balamina, Dungannon, Balamina. Uh, Carrick Rangers, Warren Point. I'm going to give it to Warren Point. You know, they've been oh, the okay. Warriors this season. Like Cliftonville, Coleraine, uh, either Coleraine or a nil-nil. Um, I don't know which yet. Uh, I'll give it a Lauren over Glenavon, Glentoran over Crusaders, and Linfield over Portadown. Glentoran's going to be Crusader. You have no faith in your own team. I really you? don't. Can you not just lie to yourself and think they might beat them? <laughs> That's what I've been trying what to I've do. Watching my teams. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, obviously Friday night as we talked about Scotland against France uh, and then moving on to the Sunday games and you know Northern Ireland is the only uh, European team uh, to uh, have a veto on not playing a game on Sundays because of religious reasons who's this? Northern Ireland actually? yeah Fuck me, lads. Welcome to the 21st century. Um, Lord's Day, mate. Don't know what you're doing. Um, so, uh, I'll be able to play cricket. No, mm. uh, no, probably not. Um, uh, what was a Catholic bashing? <laughs> the fifth favorite sport in Ireland. Um, uh, Albania uh, are playing England, uh, Bulgaria against Italy, Israel against Scotland, and Romania are against Germany. So, you know, a couple of wee tasty wee morsels. Uh, if yeah. you want to watch this coming sunday and apart from that all we have left to do is to get your questions done you ready yeah you're really excited about these questions i'm worried about hey, what you're man, asking man i think they're great questions this week so okay. um, I, do you know what folks we do this every week i hope you're playing along at home and shouting at, you know shouting at the right answers shouting stuff like that's not the answer you ginger prick you know have fun with it enjoy it stop like. calling me ginger by the way i don't like when you hey, guys call hey. me ginger <laughs> Mine's strawberry blonde. Okay. Uh, okay. Question number one. Uh, which two teams compete in the intercontinental derby in football? Which two teams compete in the intercontinental derby? Yeah. So what? Two teams represent an entire continent? This question doesn't make sense. Oh, does it not? Intercontinent. Well, the only country that's a continent is Australia. Uh, Australia, New Zealand. I don't know. Incorrect. Who is it? Fernabache against Galatasaray. Hang on, hang on. Which two teams competed? What's Intercontinental? Is that like the Turkish like cup? No, Intercontinental Derby. It's like the old firm. It's the name of the Derby. Oh, sorry. I thought it was some form of like people playing, you know, because like yeah, yeah. there's one like New Zealand team in the fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah. The, okay, yeah. yeah, completely didn't know it was called the Intercontinental Derby. Yeah, there so... You go. Yeah, uh, in Turkish lads for naming their thing in English as well. Good lads. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to uh, even attempt to uh, pronounce it, um, but oh, okay. it's because <laughs> Fernabache is in the continent of Asia mm-hmm. and Galatasaray is in the continent of Europe just because of the whole uh, uh, kind of like uh, geographical location of Turkey. 
obviously because Turkey wasn't always Turkey as well. It was the yeah, Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman which Empire. Across the hey, two. we it. know okay. we know things. <laughs> um, well, apparently I didn't know that, but uh-huh. yeah, okay. Uh, right, so question, question number two. So I'll just tell you. So it was football. Uh, football question first, rugby, and then GAA at the bottom. So Sweet. you ready? So question number two. In what year was the Five Nations expanded to the Six Nations? The Five Nations expanded to the Six Nations in the year 2000? Yep. Sweet. Damn it. I wanted you to get nothing just to make me feel better about last week. Um, <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, question number three. Uh, what county is nicknamed the Short Grass County? Oh, fuck. I've never heard of that one before. The short grass county. Yeah. Is this an is this an officially recognized nickname? Because I know I thought I knew all the nicknames. No, there. Uh, so obviously, uh, some counties have more than one nickname. Uh, oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Like Fermanagh's got a couple. Um, yeah. The short grass county. Short grass. That's fuck. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, short grass county. I'll guess. Slago. Fuck it. Oh man, you see, if you had gotten that, I would have been so annoyed because I had to research. Uh, Kildare. Kildare is the short grass. I've never fucking heard that before. (laughs) I I implore you to go straight onto Wikipedia and check it. Okay, that's so weird. Isn't that mental? Like, yeah, it's just being like, because there's like obviously all the Irish counties have got. Oh, you're totally right. I mean, actually, the fuck they've got three. I didn't realize that. See, I always know Kildare is the Lily Whites, which is their main one. Mm. There you go, the Shortgrass County. And then the third one is the Thoroughbred County because um, the Curra is in Kildare, where the big Irish horse race is. Yeah. So I would assume maybe it's the Shortgrass County because the horses from the Thoroughbred County have eaten all the grass. Hey, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, yeah, one out of Not three. Really. I got one week. out of three. I'm fucking fuming. There we go. Making it back. Good good questions. I need, I need to go and research my county nicknames now because I apparently I only know the main ones. There you go. Uh, so all that's left this week is uh, to thank uh, number one Rona. Uh, she did quite a bit of research for uh, our in right episode. So thanks very much, Rona. Uh, welcome back, Rona. Welcome back. <laughs> she was never She's really gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Johnny Bow for uh, Photoshop stuff, and also I was on Johnny Bow's uh, podcast this week called The Sane Asylum, where we talk about mental health. Uh, during lockdown you should all go listen because Johnny's a great guy um, yeah uh, I did that uh, you should definitely go check that one out uh, I would also like to thank you Darren um, for not getting mad at me after you fix your internet problems today uh, with me telling you that I also have internet problems thank you for not getting mad <laughs> We need lockdown to end so we can be in the same <laughs> fucking room to do this podcast. Melting me. And I would also like to thank myself for thinking that I would have the testicular fortitude to give Rangers a guard of honor. Um, that's all for injury time this week. I'm Jordan Robinson. I'm Darren Matthews. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>